You got the chill. The chill. The chill. The chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. No, but weird radio bits where it's so it seems so out of left field. Right, and, and I, I've been very curious. And to you know, know I what? love those too, right? Those are my I favorite mean, things. I get into it. I know you don't get into that kind of stuff. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton. Here's Jim Rutledge. The gang is back together. Matt Hamilton, Jim Rutledge, Alex Stroh. Back from whatever vacation he thought he needed, but whatever. He's here. We're happy. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue. You know what to do. And that's crush a Coors Light. Work with you two idiots enough. I need a lot of vacations. Yeah, no doubt. Are we threading yet? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I texted both of you last night. I said, hey, man, the future's here. Time to get on threads. And, Jimmy, I don't know if you've seen the memes all over the internet or, or Matt. Uh, all over uh, Twitter? Of, of, the, of, of the screen time. <laughs> yes. That our people are on threads. Yep. I was up until 3 in the morning last night trying to figure out this new app. So, setting that up here, and we're going to get to Cubs... Versus uh, Bears, if you will. Um, I don't know exactly how you want to break this down, but which, which of your teams do we hate more? Is that it, what you're going to ask? Exactly, because Rutledge is an idiot. The Cubs, like they got what matters. They got a World Series ring, and you can't say, "Oh, it was a few years ago." While Packer fans grip tightly to the decade-old Super Bowl ring. So, like, are you kidding me? I'm still gripping that one that. <laughs> Bart Starr got. I mean, exactly. Never forget. So there's no expiration date. <laughs> there is on, no expiration date on World on Series or, or championships there. We'll get to that uh, in a minute here. But Threads is basically Meta, which is Facebook slash Instagram's Mr. Zuckerberg, co- yes. you know, company. And Threads is their version of Twitter. And since we all know that Twitter is an abject dumpster fire, <laughs> I mean, I've gotten followed by more bots in the last two months that have been followed ever by bots. I mean, it is everything that it's almost like he needs to by he, I mean, Elon Musk needs to go like the George Costanza route of whatever he thinks is a bad idea is what he should do because everything he's tried to do there has pushed people away in droves to the point of Alex Strove. They went to threads. So ESPN Madison is on threads. Is it at ESPN Madison? It is. Uh, I'm Jim Rutledge ESPN on threads because that was the one thing I had for Twitter. I was on early enough that I was the only Jim Rutledge. Instagram, it just carried over my Instagram title, so it's Jim Rutledge ESPN. Alex, what is yours? Mine is Alex Strofe, no underscore, unlike Twitter. Wow, there you go. And Matt? Uh, like you said, it could carry over from Instagram, so I just carried over Ham's Curl. There you go. So if you want to follow us on threads, you can do that. The show is not on threads, so you still have to go back to basic Twitter for that, the bird app. <laughs> You have to dig through that uh, hellscape to find us, but uh, follow us there. Uh, you can see the show. We're streaming live on YouTube uh, at ESPN Madison. We'll probably be streaming at some point on Threads whenever that's available. So, because we are cool, hip people. Shout out to Mick who just followed me. Hey, there you go. Fantastic. So, uh, again, follow us on Threads on Twitter 
on MySpace. Apparently, I learned today, Matt Hamilton, that Alex Strofe had a MySpace page at age nine. Seems a little young. Yes. My children currently, because he's like, oh, you're just an older generation. I'm like, my children who are younger than all of us use Facebook Messenger and we can see what they use. But I think Alex was in this no man lands where he didn't realize, realize what a horrible hellscape the internet could be and like nine-year-olds shouldn't be on there unsupervised. Yeah, so sure. his parents just didn't know better. We just didn't know in that era. Now we all know better of like, yeah, kids can't yeah. just run amok on the internet. That's just not safe. I mean, And you turn out like Alex Strove. Jim, you, you got to, you were probably like a streak like kid. You know what I mean? Like when the street lights came yeah, home, yeah. that's when you had to be there. Like the same, the same fears that you have now for letting your kids be that your parents had no idea. It's like, you know, now it's, we just well, got, it got, we experienced some time with the internet, internet realized that it is a place where everybody puts on their worst face. And that is, it, it took some time to realize that. One thing I would say positive for threads that's tied to your Instagram account, which is usually like a real person account. Mm-hmm. And so it's harder to be like a troll and made up. Cause like, you can't, this is your true self. You're already tied to another account that has it. Just like Facebook is obviously a, a hellscape of misinformation, but you at least have to own it. And so yeah. threads, you at least have to own it. But I'm of the generation, and 844-770-3776, if you want to chime in on any of these that I forgot, they had to run commercials that would say, it's 9 o'clock, do you know where your children are? Legitimately, there were commercials that would run on TV, and they would say, it's 9 o'clock. Really? Do you, you can look it up on YouTube. You can, fire, you can fire them up. Do you know where your children are? There was another one, I think it said, like, hey, play with your kids. They had to, like, run commercials on TV because the parents are so consumed by watching TV that they'd have to remind them, like, by the way, you have children. Do you know where they are? And maybe you should play with them once in a while. Like, that was the parenting (laughs) that my generation grew up with. And my parents are good parents, but, like, that was, like, they had to run commercials and be like, hey, where are your kids, man? Oh, dang it. Where are my kids? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it, it's a, it's a little bit wild and mad. I don't give you a hard time for being old, but I am about 10 years older than you, so I don't think they ran those commercials. Yeah. Do you know where your children are? I think we have the most recognizable uh, tagline. In- yeah, so it's what 9 p.m. Do you know where your children are? It was a commercial yeah. that ran. Pretty, pretty remarkable. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Oh, it's a 10. All right, they stretched it out a little bit then. Probably right before the news. As the, all the old sat down after reading the newspaper in the morning, they sit down to watch the news at night at 10 and they'd have to remind you, you have children. Do you know where they are? Uh, 844-770-3776. The Cubs and Brewers are playing for the first time this year, a four-game series at AmFam Field. The Brewers stole the first one. I could say the Cubs have stolen the last two, or that's just how baseball goes because they've been both those games have been won late in the game. That's So the Brewers won their first game late. They came back and won it. Then the Cubs won their last two late including last night against Devin Williams. They knocked him out and took the lead in that game. They're up one to nothing right now over the Brewers. But this has been a budding rivalry for a while now. Now, I will maintain this to the day I die. Brewers fans care far more about the Cubs than the Cubs care about the Brewers because, again, the Cubs have had a cooked-in rivalry forever since the beginning of baseball with the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. So, yes, these two teams, when they're competing for division titles, obviously you have that rivalry. But otherwise, it's not quite the same. But Matt, Packers, Bears, Cubs, Brewers, like who do you hate more? The Bears or the Cubs? Because the Cubs are more successful. 
than the well, honestly, the Cubs have been more successful than any team in Wisconsin outside the Milwaukee Bucks over the last decade, as far as winning championships, and so professionally, or is it the Chicago Bears? Um, so like personally, because I'm more invested in football, I would say personally I dislike the Bears more. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, as someone who does like to go to Brewer games from time to time, and I would prefer to go to like a Cubs Brewer or uh, yeah, Cubs Brewers or Brewers versus Cardinals or something like that seems like it's kind of a rivalry match or has some sort of like juice behind it. I really dislike the Cub fans, and it's it's not because of anything they do. It's just the fact that Milwaukee is essentially like Wrigley North, right? It's like we even have a parking lot for them, which is better than Wrigley. Like, there's so many Cub fans that come up to uh, AmFam Field <laughs> for for uh, Brewer games, and it's just it's tough to be the home team when you look around and it feels like forty percent of the stadium is Cub fans. And that's what bothers me about the Cub fans. And like that's what gets me going for this rivalry. It's like, yeah, the Cubs might not look at the Brewers as a rival, but what the Cub fans end up traveling to Milwaukee and make Milwaukee almost like a neutral field when we play them, that irks me. And that is why like they might not look at us as rivals, but we really want to beat them. And that's why I really want to beat them when they come to town. Because that is a point of contention. 844-770-3776. Do you hate the Cubs or the Bears more? That is our first Iron Jock poll question. Do you hate the Cubs or the Bears more? 844-770-3776. That is our first Iron Jock poll question. Because you have this thing now where Packer fans obviously... Wisconsin sports fans are most passionate about the Packers. And so the Bears would be the obvious answer, but the Bears haven't been to the Packers level for a while. I think this rivalry is going to kick up because I think both these teams over the next few years, optimistically, they're both going to be eight, nine win teams this year and then continue to climb up together. And that could be a really battled full fun time for sports fans. I could bring that rivalry back. Right. The Cubs and the Brewers, the Cubs get the, the Brewers get I think have more division titles over the last five to ten years, but the Cubs have the World Series, and that's all that matters. Right. And I know the Cubs won hundred years without one, but the Brewers have never won one. So the Cubs kind of have that not quite Packers lore over like the Bears, but like the Cubs are a world champion. Well, and, that, they, and they've won divisions yeah. and like they're not the lovable losers. They are a team that, oh, by the way, in baseball, the other part of it, Matt, is that the Cubs are the big, bad, big market team that can spend money in a way that the Brewers won't. They mm. can, but they won't. So as the, the Cubs continue to rise, they're going to continue to spend money. I think, I think Cubs fans look at Brewers fans the same way Packers fans look at Viking fans. It's like it's a franchise that came along a little bit later. You have an established rival, but you're now going to have another like proximity, close team to compete against that it, you're going to do regularly in the regular season, twice in the regular season in the NFL, uh, what, eight times probably in MLB? 
Yeah. They both get a homestand, or is there more than that? There's more. They've been waiting it more, but you, I got your like, point. You know what I mean? Like, you're guaranteed a, a handful of games against these guys. You're going to play this team more often than not. So, like, I I like the rivalry. There might there – might, I don't think the Brewers can ever look at the Cubs, at least until we win a series, as, like, the lovable losers, even if it seems like we have, like, this division championship. It's like – the Vikings might be better. They were better last year. They might be better this year, but they're not going to turn around and look at the Packers as the lovable losers when we've had years of success, right? Like, it's the same kind of thing. It's like it, there is a rivalry, Here's the but there is a primary rival that each team has. At, like, for the Packers, it's always going to be the Bears. The, the, the Vikings are never going to be the Bears. Here's the simplest way to answer this is Tim and Oregon chimes in. Can you really hate the Cubs? We own the Bears. Thanks, Rogers, for stoking things, then leaving. 920 chimes in. You guys aren't real bright or you ain't from around here. 60% of people in southern Wisconsin are Cubs fans. I think that number has been dissipating for a while there, 920. Oh, no, there is a lot of Cubs there fans. There are, but that number has yeah. been dropping because that's more of a remnant of WGN used to be on up here, and you could hear the games up here a little bit. And I know, you, I know that the flagship for the Cubs still comes in up here, and you right. can hear those games, but I think that is. Through each generation, I think that has changed some. There's still more Cubs fans in southern Wisconsin than other places, but uh, also, 920, we are on Twitter. We are all over the world, and uh, also our, our Twitter would be all over the world, too. So we just want to take that in there, but I do appreciate uh, the unkind words. Uh, Johnny and <laughs> Madison Johnny and Madison chimes in, I hate the Cardinals more than both combined. I definitely hate the Cardinals far more than I hate the Brewers, because from my perspective, as a Southern Wisconsin Cubs fan, I was a Cubs fan. My parents, my excuse me, my dad and my brother are White Sox fans, but I was like, oh, Brewers in the American League, I'll root for the Brewers and I'll root for the Cubs. That way I can have a team, you know, and obviously the Bucks and the and the Badgers and stuff, but team in Wisconsin I can root for. So mm-hmm. I Robin Yount, Jim Gantner, all that, like Pat Listash, Teddy Gare, all the like that was my youth. And who was your guy we had on the show a few years ago? Uh, Greg Vaughn. Greg Vaughn. Yes. Yeah, that was your dude. Yes. Greg Vaughn. I have an autographed baseball bat from Greg Vaughn. Wild autographed thing. ball. Nope. <laughs> that was not Greg Vaughn. That was, um, God, what was his first name? Ricky Vaughn. Ricky Rick, Vaughn, yeah. Ricky Vaughn. Greg Vaughn was a slugger for the Milwaukee Brewers. Ah. So Rob Deere was a guy back in the day. You got a very much of a Rob Deere look to you. Okay. Do you know who Rob Deere is? No. You know what? I want to put Tight this. Tight end for the Packers. Can we, uh, can maybe we can put this on threads or maybe we put it on Twitter. I want a side-by-side because I think Rob Deere and Matt Hamilton, in my mind's eye, look closer than I think we realize. But 844-770-3776. This is um, a rivalry that I think can be answered in one question here. And Alex, you can hop in on it as well, and you can hop in 844-770-3776. What would make you angrier? The Cubs winning another World Series or the Bears winning the Super Bowl? Oh, that is such an obvious answer. Yeah, I agree. It's the Bears. It's, it's the Bears. Close. Okay. It's so. the Bears. But again, because like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, like back in 2016, I was I actually found myself kind of rooting for the Cubs. See, that's rare because there seems to be just a general for sports fans in Wisconsin. I just hate all things Chicago. Yeah, I, I do. Right? That's how I feel about Philadelphia. Because like Blackhawks, like why wouldn't you be a Blackhawks fan? You don't have a team here. Minnesota's further away than Chicago, and like why wouldn't you just be a Blackhawks fan? Well, I'm an Oilers fan, and they're a winning why. team. Well, I've got an MVP. Golden Knights, we're uh, we're Stanley Cup champs. Well, I know you got your tie, but I mean, just for regular folks who don't get invited out and get jerseys and everything, that like you just makes it well, makes be, sense. Like, no, no, it's it's honestly, it's the whole idea behind the whole like the fibs and Illinois drivers driving up here in Wisconsin on their on you know 
summer holiday weekends. Oh, you know, providing the economy that keeps Wisconsin afloat. 100%, but that's just like, it's something to complain about. Hey, thanks for bringing us your money. Maybe you shouldn't drive like a jerk. You know, that that's the idea behind it. So they're just like, I'm not going to cheer for the team of the people that are cluttering up my highways. I, there's not rationale behind it, but it, you know what I mean? Like, that's where it comes from. Johnny Madison chimes in. I tried to bring myself to be a Blackhawks fan. Could not get myself... Uh, to be a Chicago fan, I hate all things Chicago. Chicago and Super Bowl World Series is death for me. So it's out there. The Chicago hate is out there, which is just interesting. Because I don't – actually, I can feel pretty confident on it. It's not mutual. Uh, to your point, yeah, people from Chicago come to well, Wisconsin. Madison's not even like on the radar. No, I just mean that like people from Chicago don't hate – Wisconsin. They don't have a complex about Wisconsin. They come right. up here and spend their time and spend their money. Right. So there's not some massive hate. What the Packers? But this guy says he hates Chicago, like the whole thing, like the fibs and the what Matt said. Like that doesn't exist the other way. Really? Why would they? They people from Chicago you're, come you're up right here. about that. Yeah. yeah. So like, yes, they hate the Packers. But well, even, I guess that's how I feel because I like the city of Chicago. But I, right, there's different types. If it was empty. <laughs> it was like just me in the city. <laughs> but like you, you, Matt, you seem like someone just doesn't like bi- like big cities. You don't go to Milwaukee much. You don't like Chicago. Like you're afraid of people. Guy. I understand. Yeah. It. Like I got a bone to pick with Matt. By the way, but we'll do that later. Okay. <laughs> you always have a problem with me. But winners, we all have zero problems with winning. And winners are at Ho Chunk Gaming Madison. Uh, largest win last week, $24,000. Largest win so far this year, $248,000. $70 million in jackpots this year alone at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Go be a winner. We're going to play Molly's game and figure out who that winner is uh, for Molly's game and give them a gold medal line in Kugels next in Rutledge Hamilton. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Every minute, it's running through my head. Hundred million thoughts that I could have said. And every minute, it starts We confirmed it in the break, and Alex, where are we going to put these? this photo up of Rob Deere and Matt Hamilton side by side? Where? What social media are we going to post this on? Uh, I think Matt should post it on his Threads account. Yeah, this will be it, my first, make it his thread first Threads Okay, post. well then I will send it to Max. I sent them to uh, you. But I will also put them on Twitter at Jim and Matt or Normal Spot. Alrighty, so we have uh, Matt, you should just post it. One of these men won, uh, hit 33 home runs for the Milwaukee Brewers. The other one won a gold medal. It could be the way that you might want to <laughs> post that. And Johnny and Madison chimes in as far as his hate of Chicago and those fibs. Uh, when I drive through Illinois, I spit on the ground and yell, take that. And idiot guy chimes in. Matt's giving off major boomer vibes. I'm sure Illinois people could say the same thing about buying our uh, sticky from them. <laughs> Fair. I mean, to be fair, we're barely going over the border. Trust us. We're trying to get out as fast as we can. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, I would imagine that a lot of Chicago tourism comes from Wisconsin. There's lots of big shows and big things down yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wrigley Field, all those sorts of things, too. So uh, people from Wisconsin probably come down for that to see, like, Pearl Jam at Wrigley and all yeah. that. I love them both. Go down to Chicago. I would never in my life ever consider living in a big city like Chicago. Oh. That No way. It is too much. I don't want it. I love 
everything about Madison and some parts of the rest of Wisconsin. But like, I would say that like I like being close to Chicago. If that, if I want to do that for a weekend, I can. But then right. come back here to Wisconsin. Because if I was younger, like if I could go back and I was like Strofe's age and single, I'd probably I'd like it for like a year, probably just to say I did it. It just experience. seems. I'll be honest. It seems overwhelming. It does. The, the traffic, the fast pace, and the uh. whole thing. And I've always lived around. Like I grew up in Cedarburg, which is near Milwaukee. When I lived in Florida, it was Boca, which wasn't there. It was maybe 35, 40 minutes from Miami. So like near, I could go those places. Right. But I wasn't living in those places. Tim from Oregon chimes in as a Vikings fan. I still was in all of Walter Payton. I think Erlacher was the greatest linebacker ever. Hate. Now, Good Bears teams make the division rivalry like mini Super Bowl games. And I do wish that. You guys, it was a little bit during the the Favre era because yeah. Lovey Smith's teams were like a sixty percent winning uh, team. They still didn't beat the Packers a lot, but those games at least mattered. Oh my! That was my first Packer game. I remember like walking into the stadium. I, uh, there was a tailgate that was in there. They had like a, a teddy bear with a bear jersey on it. Yeah. They're like, "Hey, little kid, stomp on the bear before you go into the game." Like, nice. I thought it was awesome. Like that rivalry was built up during obviously that Favre era. I was probably. 1995, I would say that first Packers game potentially six, seven years old. Yeah, yeah, I like the the rivalry was there, and it's it's still there, especially for people of my age because you were just kind of remember your parents being like, "Oh, it's the Bears, we're playing the Bears." It's like a big game. I think, like especially uh, like Strofe's era and people that like close to his age, they don't remember many losses. Coming at the hands of Chicago, right? And the funny thing is, as it, it was probably because I was younger, I'm far more afraid of Brett Favre than ever Aaron Rodgers. Like, and really? it's probably, but it's probably my youth, and there was more of an aura. The way he played a little bit too. Yeah, it just like <laughs> Rodgers, man. It probably I'll do it again. The Bears, for the majority of Rodgers' time, were bad, so there was not yeah. really an op. Like again, the majority of Rodgers' time was not against Lovey, or at least half of it. So like. Once Lovey was gone and the Bears were gone from a 60% winning team to like a 30% winning team, it d- didn't yeah. matter then. It's right. like, I don't know, we always stink. What is it? Okay, he beats us. So does everyone else. Yeah. Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins got our number two. They also own us. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's multiple owners of the Chicago Bears. I think number one owner of Chicago Bears is Aaron Rodgers. I think I saw. Like, it was quarterbacks that have the most wins against franchises. And number two, I believe, is Brett. There you go for that one. So yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a it's it's going to be a good rivalry again. I think there's some very evenly matched teams. Uh, obviously, there's some standouts at certain positions where the Packers might be better or the Bears might be better. But I think the rivalry is back, and I am excited for that part of like Packer football again. Bears Packers. Uh, you are. I'm excited because I'm wearing my Iron Jock today, Matt, and I know I look good. <laughs> you always look good when you're wearing Iron Jock, but. The real reason you're wearing Iron Jock and the real reason we appreciate you wearing Iron Jock is because you smell good, too. And that's thanks to the -the state-of-the-art silver ion technology. It's guaranteed to keep you feeling fresh and provide odor-fighting protection for as long as you own the product. It's a Wisconsin-based company, and that's why me and Jim just love Iron Jock. It is some of the best materials Wisconsin has to offer. It is a combination of superior moisture management, better cooling, static control, stain blocking, and storm-proof water resistance. You can go to ironjockjoc.com right now and get your own Iron Jock apparel. Uh, that's ironjockjoc.com. And right Iron- now, 30% oh, yeah. off performance socks. Use socks 30, free shipping over $50. 
that is value val ooh, excuse me valid until July 16th. Alex Strofe has a bone to pick with Matt Hamilton. I do have this random question that came in, which is weird because I thought about this when I was walking my my dog Dolly when we went to the campground in Pike Lake. Uh, we took her up to Tower Hill. Highly recommend Pike Lake. Great hiking around there. So he asked the question. I have a question. What is the actual point of picking up your dog's crap when on walks? It's just fertilizer for the lawn. Isn't it disgusting to pick it up and put it in the bag? I would say, Daniel, the point what, is... Where is this coming from? I have no idea. But, Daniel, I will say this. <laughs> that's, like, weirdly read my mind because when we were hiking, I was like, well, if I could... Like, I almost considered just, like, moving it and, like, moving it into the woods, mm-hmm. like, off the path because right. nobody wants to step in it. And it's kind of rude. Even at a campground, I pick it up because sure. it's still people's like property for that little bit of time. It's yeah. like their hotel room. You wouldn't let your dog crap out someone's <laughs> crap outside right. someone's hotel room. You're not gonna let them do it uh, camping. So I would say it's more courtesy if you don't have a dog, or even if I have a dog, I don't want someone else's dog crap in the yard. Right. Kids, other animal, you step in it. But I would say like hiking and out in nature. I think if you just get it to the side. But Matt, I will say this thing: we grant it, bagging it and leaving it is the dumbest thing. Yeah. Bag like, it and leave it. It's. I mean, I think it's better than. Is it because now it's like it you just got this bag? I'd and rather now it's not- have it bagged because then, because I've picked up a couple of bags. Like, well, that's fair. I've un- in the McFarland dog park. I've seen people like place the bag down because it's a loop. You got to come back. You're gonna walk right back by it. I'm assuming most of the time it's they're gonna grab it. Well, every once in a while, if I'm walking back, I'll just grab it too. I'm definitely not gonna go ahead and grab out a new bag and pick up some other dogs dropping. So, like, yeah, if it's bagged, it's at least slightly more... It's slightly better than just leaving it. Don't you think? I think so. Molly's been sitting here quietly. Um, what do, what's your take on this? Uh, I didn't know if I was supposed to talk or not. Um, You're always welcome to talk. Always. Uh, no, I agree with you, like, walking on a trail and stuff. We were just walking through, like, a marsh the other day, and our dog, you know, went. And I was, like... I, I was bending over to pick it up, and I'm, I, like, go to my husband. I'm, like, do I need to pick this up? Like, yeah. we're on a trail. There's... <laughs> Sure. There's all sorts of stuff. So, like, I don't do it there, but I definitely don't just put it in a bag and leave it there because that just seems like you did half the work. You might as well pick it up. I get the idea if, in theory, you're going to come back for it. And again, if I'm on, I just want to push out of the way on a trail. Like, I'm not, I don't definitely want people to have to walk yeah. off the trail. Yeah. Off the trail. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like, dogs, like, they, they got, like, a whole leash length off the trail that they can get to. And you yeah. don't want your dog, like, how upset would you be if someone flicked it into the woods and then your dog like went off trail and it was like hanging out on a yeah, leaf true. and now it's all over their yeah, fur? True. Yeah. Like true. that would really upset you. So I think you just just pick up after your dog. Yeah, I think that's probably the easiest like, way. Like you do it anyway when you're not on a trail in the woods. So what's the big deal if you're on a trail in the woods? What about when you're walking past somebody's house who they have the signs that say like please be respectful of our grass and then like your dog tries to stop there? Do you just keep yanking your dog like no 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 let's go no. to the next one because I do. No. I'm going to pick it up, and my dog can pee in your yard. It's fine. But, like, there's this one house that we live by. Their grass is perfect. Perfect green, no brown spots. No dog has ever peed on that yard before. <laughs> that it's just, like, I'm, I'm not going to let my dog be See, the one to leave the one brown the spot. The inner, like, I don't know, rebel or just brat me would want to go back, like, at night and personally <laughs> urinate on that yard. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a yard, man. Like... Yeah, no, absolutely not. I, you would, and if that person came out, they'd have no case to complain. Like a dog can pee. Yeah. And if you pick up after it, what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to call the police. Nothing's going to happen. You're just a jerk. <laughs> You're yeah. being a weirdo about your lawn. Uh, that would be a pet peeve of mine. Uh, Mr. Alex Strofe's got a bone to pick with Mr. Matt Hamilton. I do have a bone to pick. So uh, while we've been sitting here in the last 
uh, well, we've been on the air 31 minutes. Mm-hmm. I've gotten an email that said, uh, it's a little inside baseball here. Our operations manager, Jesse Nelson, who schedules the contest. Oh, this is his issue. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here we go. Only one update for the remainder of the week. Matt Hamilton off Friday 7-7. Why? Matt Turnity leave? Yeah, Matt Turnity leave. Where are you going? Duluth, Minnesota. What are you doing there? I've got a concert. Oh, interesting. Concert? A concert. <laughs> mm-hmm. The guy that has spent the last three weeks on the air saying how much he dislikes live music Gave me a less than 24-hour heads up that he's going to be off the show tomorrow to go to a concert. Yeah, basically, that's basically the long and the short of it. Who are you going to go see, Shinedown? <laughs> no where, way he is that good you, taste music. Would you drop the whole, you're leaving if I said I'm going to Shinedown? <laughs> It'd be worse, you didn't bring him. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Who are you no, going to see? Trampled by Turtles. Oh, I actually yeah. do is like, like a fish band? No, more like uh, Bluegrass. Yeah, they're good. I like them actually. I wouldn't. I like would describe bl- as fish bluegrass. bluegrass-ish. No, fish is no, like this is this is more like banjo-y. This, yeah. so like Weren't yonder, they at Fiserv y- last year? Yonder Mountain Rambles by Turtles. I thought so. Yonder Mountain String Band. They have been. Yeah, in that vein. String cheese incident. You guys like me referencing random jam bands? All that's, the ones. That's a great poll. It's my brother. I saw uh, String Cheese incident. Uh, a couple times. Right, so big fan. Yeah. Definitely though, this does not. They they would not qualify as like a jam band. hundred okay. percent. Who won't? Uh, trampled by turtles. Okay, it's straight up like folk bluegrass. They're they're like one step away from having like a washboard player. Well, they need to step it up. Take <laughs> yeah. that next step. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. With Molly Brown in studio, the Everlight Solar Studio continues. We're presented by Coors Light. Jim Rutledge, Matt Hamilton, Molly Brown with you. And we're going to play Molly's game in a second here. But Molly, we wanted to know, Matt Hamilton wanted to know if you had some sort of superhuman uh, strength as far as eating because he wanted to know how many hot dogs you think you could have eaten in 10 minutes when you were pregnant. Yeah, when you were eating for two. Ooh, um... And would that number well, be higher than what you can eat right now? you hot dogs when you're pregnant. Did you know that? No. You're, like, not supposed to eat hot dogs. And it's funny because I craved a lot of hot dogs while I was <laughs> pregnant. Like, I was always just like, oh, I just I want what I, I can't have. I didn't know that, but my wife doesn't eat hot dogs, so I probably just didn't even cross the mind. What is there? are some other weird the fish you're not supposed to eat. Is that right? Yeah, you sushi. Can eat, you can eat fish. Okay. It just, it's got to be, like, cooked. Cooked. You can't have a raw She fish. didn't eat fish, so that was, again, not a problem. I think but. I had sushi, like, once, and then I was like, oh, I probably can't eat this. Yeah. You can't have lunch meat unless it's, like, fully yep. heated yep. up. Yeah, lunch meat. Yep, that I knew that weird. one. Yep. Uh, so I craved a lot of lunch meat, which was weird. Mm. But um, I'm trying to think what else. Alcohol, obviously. All right, well, you, so you don't actually have a hot dog to base off. But let's say, come on. Okay, in like, 10 minutes, though, ooh, honestly, still like two. I don't believe you. Two I, or three. Again, I it, think at least My three. appetite did not change that Well, let's just say, usually, again, no? for my wife, it was no. more of you ate, like, maybe more often, but you should eat more in one sitting. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, she'd snack more or whatever because she'd just work up an appetite from being around all day, but it wasn't like the... And honestly, after the baby, I think maybe her appetite was even stronger. Oh, I, I eat so much now. 
Let's play. Well, you're making game. food. <laughs> Thanks for making it weird, Matt Hamilton. We all knew what the hell we were talking about there. Oh. Matt's like boobies. <laughs> This is Molly's Game with America's favorite producer, Molly Brown, on Rutledge and Hamilton. I have some milk in the fridge if you want. Get out of here. (laughs) I'll bring Uh, in the cereal. (laughs) uh, Quick here, guys. We're going to recap the hot dog eating competition, and then I'm going to give you some things to pick because Matt obviously is out. Uh, Obviously. So first up, you guys all knew that Joey Chestnut was going to win. You guys were all right. He won his 16th men's title. Then you guys were all right when you said that Mickey Sudo was going to win. She won again. Uh, Then I gave you the over-under of 60 hot dogs for Joey Chestnut this year. I gave you that last year he ate 63. This year he went down. He only ate 62. And Strofe was the closest. He said 63. It's a point for Strofe. Then next one, I gave you over under 42 hot dogs for Mickey Sudo. She ate 39 and a half hot dogs. There was like, I guess there was like a whole thing with they had to just like decide whose bun was whose and I don't even know. But Strofe picked the under at 39. Ugh. I crushed this. I blame the weather. The weather threw it off yeah. because everyone's numbers went down. Who goes down and know how many hot dogs you eat? Maybe you should year? look into the weather. That's like I did, Jimmy. I I was researching for hours. Uh, And then I asked you uh, to give me the total number of hot dogs consumed for both men's and women's. How do we do here? 498.5 were consumed for men. 182.5 were eaten for women. So for a total of 681, Strofe said 1,119. (laughs) Matt, you said 900. Yeah. And Jim said 814, so Jim won that one, which means that Strofe won the entire thing. So that is two points for Strofe in this season. Let's move to picks this week. Wait, wait, but Matt, what line of kugels will you be toasting Alex Strofe's victory? Yeah, cheers, Alex Strofe. What's Uh, the best one to eat with a hot dog? Drink with a hot dog. NHLL, (laughs) which obviously stands for a honey lemon light. It is my new favorite. Crushable. I have them out on the boat. Nice summer day. Super refreshing. Super crisp. It's just a great summer beer. So if you haven't tried Line of Kugels, Honey Lemon Light, the HLL, you haven't had a great light beer yet. Go find it wherever you get delicious beers. And remember, you got to be 21 years or older to enjoy. All right, let's get to the picks. All right, let's kick it off with some baseball. I want to know how many games will the Brewers win this weekend when they take on the Cincinnati Reds? They have three games against them. Strofe, I'm going to have you pick first in each of these questions. Oh, I'm successful, so the odds are stacked against me. Uh, they will win two of three. Jim? I'm going to go one. Matt? Hmm. The Brewers are going to sweep them. Ooh. All three. I like the confidence. Uh, next one, guys. Basketball's back. I don't know. Yes. It sounds kind of weird. Do we consider Summer League basketball being back? I do. Uh, Mr. NBA definitely does. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. But the Bucks kick off their uh, Summer League season on Friday against the Denver Nuggets. I want to know how many points for their two draft picks total, Andre Jackson Jr. and Chris Livingston. Strofe. Just Total in points. the game against the Nuggets? Yep. Uh, 26 combined. Matt. Um, I don't think they're going to ball it. Let's go 23 combined. And Jim. That was exactly what I was going to go with, so I'll go with 25. But, uh, you know, Jackson, if you read a scouting report, 
apparently can't shoot and is terrified to shoot, so that doesn't lend itself a lot of Well, the good of news is it is Summer League. Yeah. Maybe you have the confidence to just throw it up in Summer League a little bit. Who knows? As opposed to college when you never shot. Well, that, like, there's something on the line in college, right? Every game kind of does matter for yeah, your college. Yeah, it's just your professional career on the line now. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, I guess, but it's summer week. They drafted you. You're, they're, they're invested. Yeah, whole second round pick. Absolutely. Yeah. They're invested. <laughs> they're into you. Uh, next one here, guys. Number one overall pick, Victor Wembenyama. He makes his debut against the Charlotte Hornets in a sold-out game in Las Vegas. That's crazy. How many points will he have? Strofe. I think we're seeing it. Coming off of TMZ ragging him this morning because the security <laughs> pushed Britney Spears. We'll talk about that at 315 They're filing criminal charges. I went off a TMZ I thought, like. I thought she got punched. She got slapped by his security. There's going to be charges. All right, we'll talk about that later at 315 <laughs> and throwing stones. Mm-hmm. Just don't want to wipe that under the table. But go ahead. 34 points for Victor Ben Benyama. Oh, oh, my God. Jesus. I don't think they're going to play him that much. I think it'll be a really efficient, like, 19. Uh, I'll go... 24. Okay. We'll see. You guys better hope so. Otherwise, Strofe is going to be annoying. Yeah. He's always annoying. annoying. I've been gone a week. What do you want from me? (laughs) Go another week. uh, (laughs) We got Alec Ingold coming up next. Former Badger, current Dolphin. He's got his battle for Wisconsin coming up. But caller number four is going to win a case of ranch water margarita. And it is amazing. So uh, call number four wins a case of ranch water margarita. So it's tequila and the seltzer water, and it's got a margarita twist to it. It is fantastic. Everything you love about ranch water, but now with a margarita twist. Ranch water, margarita, caller number four gets a case of it. 844-770-3776. A perfect summer drink. 844-770-3776. Caller number four wins a case of the ranch water margarita. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Wisconsin is coming up Saturday, July 15th. Gates open at 1.30. First pitch at 2 o'clock. You can buy tickets now at Battle, the number four, Wisconsin.com. And it's put on. It is a Battle for Wisconsin charity softball game. And it is put on by Alec Ingold and features a lot of his Wisconsin friends and friend of show. Alec Ingold joining us now. Alec, how is it going? Boys, it's, it's going well. Summer's good. Offseason's good. Excited for a charity softball game. Vibes are high. Weather out here is amazing. Um, it's it's tough to beat right now. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, weather in Wisconsin, as someone who lived in uh, the Boca Raton area, West Palm area for a while, it's a little bit nicer up here at times than in the <laughs> summer down in, in South Florida because it gets hot and sticky down there. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back up in the Midwest and in into the homeland. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we're going to have to, after that charity softball game, I'm going to be shipping my butt down to uh, Miami to get, get used to that humidity the hotness, the 99% humidity uh, for training camp coming up quick. All right. So are you in Wisconsin now? I am, yeah. So I, I'm curious, what are the, like, I'm back in Wisconsin. I got to do this before I go back. Like, what are your must-dos for Wisconsin? Uh, must-dos, got to see as much family as possible. Okay. So I think that's, like, the big thing. Um, got to get on a lake. Got to have a bonfire. 
and got to grill out some uh, at least one Johnsonville brat while you're back. There you go. Not a bad, not a bad, uh, not a bad choice. Yeah, that's those. My, are- yeah, that's my checklist, man. That, that's a good. That's no, a like good nostalgic checklist. like restaurants. You're like, oh man, they. I gotta go get like an old fashioned from here because it's the best. Or like, I really love the fish mm. fry from here. And I grew up doing yeah, fish fries. Um, dude, fish fries are amazing. You have to hit one of those. I need in Madison specifically. You go to um, shoot. What is the place I'm thinking of? The garlic ribeye steak sandwich over um, at Jordan's Big Ten Pub. Ah, okay. I will never. I will never leave. I will never leave Madison without getting one. Like, I will fight somebody to get one of those garlic ribeye steak sandwiches. <laughs> well, I won't get in between you and your sandwich, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's outstanding, dude. I love that place. I've been going there ever since, uh, you know, bowl prep. I remember riding mopeds over there with, like, all of the offensive linemen um, getting, <laughs> getting those sandwiches, dude. It's awesome. Nice. Talking with Alec Ingold here, former Badger, current Dolphin, and also uh, hosting Battle for Wisconsin. Now, what are some of the big names I see last year? Ben Bruss, uh, Chucky Hepburn, Ron Dane, Sam Decker, obviously you. What are some of the big names? Jordan Taylor I see out there as well. What are some of the big names, uh, not golfing, hitting this year? <laughs> mm. Yeah, we got, I mean, the biggest gets, I, I'm excited. We got Chris Borland, John Stocko, Derek Watt, Alex Erickson, David Gillery, Brady Ewing, Zach Bond, Brian Calhoun. Uh, so we hit a bunch of different generations, man. It was yeah. pretty pretty excited to get all those guys back. I'm excited to meet Chris Borland. I grew up, like, idolizing that dude playing middle linebacker. Like, that's <laughs> exactly what I wanted to do growing up. You see John Stocko slinging that thing back in the day. Um, and then getting some fullback love. You got Derek Watt in there. Um, excited for him to get back in the fold. I know last year he couldn't make it and is pumped to get on this year. I don't know. So him and Brady Ewing, they're both number 34. I'm going to need you guys to settle this for me. Do they both wear 34? Or do we have to make one of them switch a number? And what, what number would they have to switch to? No, I think you let them rep 34. You know, it's like that's what they're known for. And the fact that he didn't get his number retired doesn't mean that that's not his thing. I know I personally, if I was the lesser number, I would be a little bummed if my number got changed. So, yeah, like I, I. I know uh, Watt a little bit better, so I would say I would lean Watt, but I don't know if that's totally fair because I am not de- I am not like a Badger football historian by any means. <laughs> they I both got to be on the, the Mount Rushmore of Badger fullback. So, I mean, you can't – I don't know if you can give one nod over the other. Right. Yeah, I, I think you got to give them both their number. And if you want to apply like 1A, 1B to somebody, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> That would be funny. Like a I little, don't want to like, be on the hook for the it. <laughs> Thirty four point one, really small at the bottom. There yeah, you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you can wear Matt's number. What is it, 17? Is that your number? Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. I was thinking wear Matt Hamilton's number. Uh, I'm not fighting him for it. Mount Rushmore of Badger fullbacks. That I mean, talk about fullback you, because you could go, I think, Chuck's um, Martin. I'm trying to think of the Ron's fullback. And then there was uh, obviously Matt Bernstein, and then Alec, and then Brady, and then um, you had Chris Presley in there. Yeah, too. Chris Presley too. So I mean, there's a there's a good chunk of full, obviously Watt as well, right? I mean, yeah, you put three fullbacks in a backfield. I like you take the best three fullbacks in the history of all college football. Like you got Nebraska up there, Oklahoma maybe. I think Wisconsin's best three fullbacks in the backfield at the same time is probably getting three yards every single time. Doesn't matter. Run right, run left, run up the middle. 
I think that's that's the unstoppable force back there. <laughs> well, and if you recall a little history for Badger fans, Ron Dane was recruited as a fullback to, by other schools. Ooh. Wisconsin brought him in as a running back. That's yeah. why he came here. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, mm. if you looked at him, 5'10", 245, you'd be like, okay, I could see why, especially back right. in that day. You'd be like, oh, this guy's a fullback. Well, I think it's kind of dope. <laughs> There's Ron Dane chiming in uh, from a, a past interview. So, Alec, uh, I think congratulations are in order. I heard you just got back from your honeymoon, so congratulations on finally getting the time to, to do that. Yeah. Thank you. High school sweethearts, finally tied in the knot. We've, we've been dating for a decade, so I got a lot of flack for that. It took a long time, but it's done. Absolute amazing week. Uh, a lot of family. We did it out in uh, Oconomowoc at Lock LaBelle, so it was it was. It was Amazing. Oh, That's a great a spot. I literally drove right through that area this week and coming back from uh, Pike Lake uh, because there's construction. Ooh. And so I came through uh, that way to get back to, to Madison uh, after camping out in, in Pike Lake. So I literally just drove through Lock LaBelle, saw the sign. Yes. How about that? Like the construction going on right during Summerfest, they're like dialing it up for yeah. you guys. Like, of course, really, yeah. Really yeah. nice. Well, Alec, you know it. There's two seasons here. It's winter and it's construction. So yeah. yep, Matt, Matt can't leave his house, Matt. You, yeah, my entire road is just torn up to oblivion. It used to be a one-way, but they had to create an exit at the other side of the road so when they no. were working over there, we could get out. Yeah, it's it's an absolute disaster right now. It's been wild. It's been wild. What I, I'm going to get into a, a yeah. more of a football nitty-gritty question now. Um, I am kind of known on this show as like the, the Aaron Rodgers can new, do no wrong Packer fan. And mm-hmm. as that super fan, I am a little curious. How are you feeling about Rodgers in the division? You're going to play him twice. Is that exciting? Is that kind of nerve wracking? Are you like hey, he's washed? Like where are you, where's your head at? I, it's kind of like I, I don't know. The AFC East this year is is just absolutely loaded. You always have Buffalo. We're up and coming. Our window to win is now. We got a lot of young talent. We're developing. Mm-hmm. We go out get Bradley Chubb, Jalen Ramsey, all these guys uh, on defense. Vic Fangio. Our offense is going to be second year in the system, so obviously we're hyped. And the Jets were crazy good defensive team. They worked us up at MetLife last year, and then you know we got them at the very end to get into the playoffs. So you throw a future Hall of Famer on that team, it's like, and then you always have the Patriots, right? They're always going to be good. So it's yeah. like kind of just it's, it's an arm race fest. over here. Good, bring yeah, bring bring it over. Come on, like let's all slug it out. It, it's kind of one of those things. Like we're not trying to. You'll find the easy way to the playoffs. It's about as tough as it gets in the AFC East right now. Man, are you guys going to be prepared for tough football when you do get to the playoffs this uh, this postseason? That Miami's going to do it. Uh, it's it's going to be fun, man. I think the AFC is obviously um, it, it's a tough side of the the bracket if you want to <laughs> for say sure. it that way. For um, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pumped to see all of our guys back in the building. We got like three weeks left till training camp, so it's like. You're starting to get that itch. We're in OTAs, and now it's like you're enjoying the lake. You get a wedding, but it's like, okay, when when do we strap up the pads? You know, like when when's the helmet going on? When are we getting the gloves on? When are the boys back? So that's kind of the the vibe I'm on right now. That's uh, be- awesome. Before we talk about your uh, softball tournament one more time, have you ever seen the movie Little Giants? Because Matt Hamilton <laughs> had a comparison for your head coach to a character from the movie Little no, Giants. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> I, I, I have seen it. Uh, he compared him to, to Newbie, the kid that had to get don't wrapped up that. in a toilet paper. That's what he said. <laughs> and if we were well, doing it, kind of dope. <laughs> that Newbie grew up to be your head football coach. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
that's tough. So my question well, is, he was a freaking savant. At I'm, football, I'm just right? waiting for the Did Miami he, Dolphins to pull yes. off the annexation of Puerto Rico. Yes, that is the play <laughs> that's going to do it for the Dolphins <laughs> this year. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's yeah. That, that w- when we get the uh, the trick play section into the the playbook, I'm just gonna raise my hand and be like, you know, there's these guys I'm talking <laughs> to, and there's there's this play, and I don't know if you put all the whole metaphor together. I yeah. don't know. I might Af- get shipped out. If you do put it together for him, ask him if he wants to do an interview after. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. We'd love to yeah, have him. We'll get the exclusive. Well, he he gives off Danny O'Shea vibes, anyways. Rick Moranis, who I mean, was obviously a good coach, a good got the coach, most out of yeah. that group there. But your Dolphins, uh, <laughs> I think, a little bit more talented than that uh, little. Little Giants uh, group yeah, there. Yeah, hopefully we're not that scrappy. I right? mean, a bunch of rookies and brought them to this ship. That's pretty good. That's yeah. what Matt LaFleur is <laughs> hoping to do this right? year. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, Alec, Battle for Wisconsin, July 15th. What else should we know about it? Uh, you can buy tickets, battle the number four, Wisconsin.com. Man, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really cool and interesting. This year, we got the alumni team versus all the current guys. So we got Skylar Bell signed up, Ches Malusi, Jordan Turner. A bunch of those nice. guys are rounding up that, that current group. We're playing them. We're slugging it out. And then it's going to be right before a Mallards game. So you get in at 2 o'clock, gates open at 1.30. You, know, you can spend a whole night at the, the ballpark there. Uh, Mallards got a couple games. It's going to be a fun time. So bring the family out. We're going to have all the guys rolling up. We'll see if these old guys, the, the dad strength, can, uh, <laughs> can outpower all these current guys that, that might have a little more juice. I'm betting on dad strength. I'm betting on the veterans. Oh, it's, it's slow pitch, flat, fast pitch. You know what I'm saying? We're, we've got to get to see the big ball. I know when He's I was coming, younger, coming in, going out. I always thought swinging harder at a softball was the play. No, no, no. It's all about good contact and that upward mm. swing, right? So, like, those young guys might just be swinging out of their shoes, not realizing it's a detriment. I think you guys are going to win with experience. I love that. I'm, I've been looking at the scouting report, so I think, I think you're right. I don't know what the over-under is, but I would bet on the, uh, I'd bet on the old guys. Alec, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We'll have a good one. You yeah, too. You That's too. For Dolphin Alec Ingold. Battle for Wisconsin is the website. Battle number four, Wisconsin.com. July 15th. Gates open at 1.30. First pitch at 2. You can hang out for the Mowers game afterwards. Buy tickets at battle number four, Wisconsin.com. A charity softball game with Alec Ingold and a lot of his Wisconsin Badger friends. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.